Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Hello, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me. Tell you what, let's jump right in because we have an amazing passage to look at here today. And I want to see if we can look at it all in one totality. It's in Revelation 11. And remember what we've been looking at right here. Revelation 11 is sort of a uh, sort of a parenthetical pause, for lack of a better term, right before uh, the seventh trumpet is blown. Okay, so Revelation 11, 1, we looked last, uh, last time at the first two verses, it says this. Then there was given me a measuring rod, like a staff. And someone said, Get up and measure the temple of God and the altar and those who worship in it. Leave out the court which is outside the temple and do not measure it. For it has been given to the nations and they will tread it underfoot the holy city for 42 months. So the holy city, Jerusalem, is going to be tread underfoot for 42 months. The next verse, verse 3, starts off with the word and. Okay, and so the idea is communicated that, okay, this next thing that happens is going to happen at the same time. And I will grant authority to my two witnesses, my two witnesses. And I bet some of us have heard about the two witnesses out of Revelation. Well, here we are. It's in the 11th chapter. God is going to grant authority to them and they will prophesy for twelve hundred and sixty days clothed and sackcloth. That 1,260 days, 1,260 days is the same length of time as 42 months. Same length of time as three and a half years. Same length of time as time, times, and half a times. That's how we see this time period referred to in Scripture in various portions of the Scripture. So these two are going to have authority from the Most High God, and they're going to be clothed in sackcloth, a sign of mourning, right? A sign of letting us know what their message was. Verse 11, these are the two olive trees and the two lampstands that stand before the Lord of the earth. Now, that's an interesting little verse right there because the Lord is capitalized, the Lord of the earth. So these are two olive trees. These are two lampstands. That's how they're being described here, that they're bringing forth light, that they're bringing forth the word of the, God, of the Lord, and they stand before the Lord of the earth. Now, the Most High God is the Lord of the earth, and I think that's probably the primary interpretation of it. But it's also got a secondary understanding that they're standing going toe-to-toe, face-to-face with the Lord of the earth, which is Satan himself. Okay? Watch what happens. Verse 5. If anyone wants to harm them, fire flows out of their mouth and devours their enemies. So if anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in this way. And you say, well, that must mean something else. That can't be literal fire coming out of their mouth and devouring their enemy. Well, except for the fact at the end of the verse, he says if someone tries to harm them, that they're going to be killed in this way, that they must be killed in this way. So that sounds pretty literal to me. Do I understand that? No. Do I? How, how's God going to do that? He's God. Verse 6, look what else they can do. These have the power to shut up the sky so that the rain will not fall during the days of their prophesying. You saw the same type of thing in the Old Testament with Elijah. And they have power over the waters to turn them into blood. Well, that sounds like what Moses did, right? And to strike the earth with every plague as often as they desire. 
So these two will prophesy if anybody comes against them, they will con be consumed by fire out of their mouth. There's not going to be any rain. The, the heavens are going to be shut up while they're prophesying. So it's three and a half years. The waters are going to be turned to blood and they can strike the earth with a plague as often as they desire. We can know this, that their desire to do so will line up with the desire of the Most High God. Now watch verse 7. When they have finished their testimony, well, when are they going to finish their testimony? Well, the Lord said that they would testify for 1,260 days. When they finish their testimony, the beast that comes up out of the abyss will make war with them and overcome them and kill them. And you actually see more about this over in Revelation 13, 12 and 13, which we're probably not going to get into at this particular time through. Verse 8 says this, So they've been killed, and their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city, which mystically is called Sodom and Egypt. Now that's interesting. What great city is mystically called Sodom and Egypt? Well, the Lord answers that question for us because I get stopped in the middle of the sentence. Let me read the whole thing. And their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city, which mystically is called Sodom and Egypt, where also their Lord was crucified. Well, there you go. Their Lord, our Lord, was crucified in Jerusalem. And here the Lord is saying that Jerusalem is mystically called Sodom and Egypt. And when you look at the prophets Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel, you see why. Because they were involved with such abhorrent sin. These two were still coming forth prophesying, bringing forth the truth to the people of the Lord. Okay, Jerusalem is not a holy city at this time. Verse 9 says this, Those from the peoples and tribes and tongues and the nations will look at their dead bodies for three and a half days and will not permit their dead bodies to be laid in the tomb. Their dead bodies are going to be laying there for three and a half days, and they're not going to be allowed to be buried. And all the world is going to see this. It says from people's tribes, tongues, and nations. Now, 100 years ago, people would go, well, how could that happen? 20 years ago, I used to say all the time, oh, it'll be CNN, right? It'll be on cable news network. They'll be able to see everything. Well, at the time of our recording, I'm not sure CNN is going to last much longer. But nowadays, you can pull out a cell phone, and people all over the world can see what's happening in real time. They're not going to allow them to be buried. Well, why is that? Verse 10 tells us, And those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them and celebrate, and they will send gifts to one another, because these two prophets tormented those who dwell on the earth. They tormented those who dwell on the earth by prophesying the truth, by moving within the power of God, and those on the earth are so glad that they're laying there dead that they're rejoicing and they're celebrating and they're sending gifts to one another. They're sending gifts to one another because these two are dead. Uh, but listen to the rest of the story. Verse 11. But after the three and a half days, the breath of life from God came into them, and they stood up on their feet, and great fear fell upon those who were watching them. Well, you reckon? They were there dead for three and a half days, and you feel pretty sure their body's not in the best state. And all of a sudden, they come back to life. Verse 12. And they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, Come up here. Then they went up into heaven in the cloud, and their enemies watched them. Their enemies watched them ascend into heaven. And in that hour, there was a great earthquake, and a tenth of the city, a tenth of Jerusalem, fell. 7,000 people were killed in an earthquake, and the rest were terrified and gave glory to 
to the God of heaven. So the ones that were rejoicing and giving gifts to one another because these two prophets right here were dead are now giving glory to the God of heaven. That does not mean that they were saved. That does not mean that they were righteous. It does mean that they realized where all this was coming from. Now, here's our last verse. And you're going to go, oh, okay, here's the last verse today. The second woe is past. Behold, the third woe is coming quickly. That's Revelation 11:14. So everything we've seen from the end of chapter 9 with the, the second woe, which is the sixth trumpet being blown, we have this little momentary pause of what you see in chapter 10 with John taking uh, uh, the open book out of the hand of the angel and eating it, being told that he's going to prophesy. And then we have right here the account of the two witnesses. Now he says the second woe is past. The third woe is coming quickly. We'll look at the third woe when we get together again next time, okay? Thank you for being with me. I'll see you then. Goodbye.